Good morning. Ah, such a lovely morning. God made it. He made it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, your day that you made. We thank you for who you are, the plan that you laid out. You're not scratching your head thinking, where did everything go wrong? You're on the throne. So, Father, I ask that you be with us this morning, Lord, that you have your way with us, move amongst us freely. Father, I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit to speak your word, Lord. As we enter into communion this morning, just let this time be a richness of your presence. So, Father, we give this time back to you, Lord. Let it bring a smile upon your face. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. So I'm going to ask if you would turn in your Bibles to chapter 13 in the book of John. And while you're doing that, I'm going to set the scene for you. So it's Passover week. And Passover week means a big party. It really is. The Passover festival celebrates the exodus from Egypt and the Israelites' freedom from slavery to the Egyptians. Now, Passover is one of three pilgrimages in which the Jews were commanded to travel to Jerusalem and observe the feasts together. So there's an overabundance of people coming into Jerusalem to celebrate this Passover. And so there's excitement in the air. Picture New York City on New Year's Eve. That's the kind of excitement and energy that's going on in Jerusalem. Now Jesus rode in like a king on a donkey. So there, there's this high anticipation of what's going to happen. We've got Jesus, the man who walked the area for three years, performing miracles, healing the lame, giving sight to the blind, feeding 5,000 and 3,000. So great excitement and anticipation. But then there was the Roman government who, okay, Jesus just rode in like a king. So there's, there's kind of this anticipation on, on the Roman government side that, okay, something is going to possibly break out. They don't like the idea of Israel anointing themselves a king. 
So they're on high alert, maybe bulking up their reinforcements, ready to squash down a revolt. But they're not the only ones that might be on edge. You've got the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees, they're working on this little conspiracy to squash the revolt before it even begins. If, you're, if you want to squash a revolt, you go after the headman. So they're plotting to take Jesus out. To squash this whole uprising of this new kind of way of thinking and, and lifestyle. So they found their insider in Judas. And they've already developed a scheme by which they're going to arrest, try, convict, and execute Jesus. So this is kind of the setting in which we pick up John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that this hour, that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, You, Lord, shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head too. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but he is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him, and that was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should go and do just as I have done for you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them.
This was shocking to the disciples. This was not the normal Passover that they were used to experiencing. Jesus, at this point, most likely had already washed his hands in order to serve the Passover meal. So he was cleansed. He's not supposed to touch anything else. Yet he removes his outer garments to wash his disciples' feet. So that's shocking thing number one. Okay. But what Jesus really wants to put across here is his love for them. That this passage begins with Jesus saying, or uh, the passage began with that Jesus loved his own who were in the world and he loves them to the end. Jesus has very little time left with his disciples. These were their last few moments together. So in these last few moments, what is it that Jesus wants his disciples to know and to experience? So he washes their feet. He comes humble. In Philippians it says that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, but he humbled himself and came in the likeness of man to be obedient to death on a cross. That's exactly what's on the doorstep of Jesus at this moment. The next day, he will be crucified. And he wants to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus closed this time saying, For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. So as we move to celebrating this communion, we are to remember Jesus' death. On the cross, Jesus took my place. Jesus took your place. Jesus took the place of each person. My sin and your sin. And all sin must be accounted for. Because God is a just God. Sin, the wages of sin is death. So that has to be accounted for. But not only is God a just God, God is also love. And it was in his love for you and for me that he poured out all his wrath onto Jesus to pay the price for our sin. That's what we need to be in remembrance for this morning when we partake in communion. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. 
Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making him known.